Well, welcome, everyone, to the Robin Walter Show, part of Red Sky Radio Ministries. God bless you all today. Um, i probably just share this one or two more times, and then I'm just going to kind of give it a rest. do want to let you know that the latest book, things I picked up along the way, and a few things I should have left behind, is now available on Amazon.com. If you see kind of a scruffy-looking 10- or 11-year-old on the cover, that is I. And also available, of course, is a rapture visited. Finally, a lawyer takes a look at end-time events. I don't think you want to miss either of these books. One is a bit more for fun, but with wisdom, self-deprecating wisdom. The other one is, uh, frankly, more of a textbook, the rapture one. Well, let's get rolling here. I've got a program I'd like to focus on today dealing with the new religion that has swept this country. And more when we get to that, uh, a few things I just, this isn't good news, it's just sort of what's happening here, but I'm so disappointed at the Southern Baptist Conference and all the Baptist preachers in the Mid-South area, particularly in Tennessee, following the uh, tranny shooting at Covenant Christian School, that are going to the legislature and simply begging them to do something about gun violence. They don't really have any ideas. Apparently what they're preaching from the pulpit is not having much of an impact. But apparently they seem to think that the answer to gun violence is to disarm law-abiding citizens in the hopes that maybe a few uh, miscreants will be disarmed at the same time. That is not, not the way it works. You know, like they said, uh, it's cliche, but when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. But this misguided knee-jerk reaction from the Southern Baptist Conference, is it a conference, is it because of all the sexual debacle going on inside of that denomination and sexual harassment that they've kind of got to come woke on something? Or at least look like they have the appearance of doing the right thing? Well, enough of that. Let's move over to Cami No Brains Harris here who gave a speech the other day calling pro-life lawmakers extremists. So, the extreme position is to protect innocent, unborn human life. But normal, normal to, to little minions from hell like Harris is, Normal is killing them at any time up to birth, at birth, and under California legislation, even after birth. And then if you can't kill them there, you destroy their minds, their spirits, their, you name it, their emotions, uh, having the psyche, everything having to do with anything sexual gets destroyed in government schools after that. But she said, these lawmakers are extremists. Well, you know what? They're only extremists if you yourself actually are, are extreme, Cammy baby. This would be like somebody sitting on the left wingtip of an airplane. 
you can't get more left than the left wing tip. Calling the people who are in the cabin, also known as the center, calling them extremists. This doesn't tell us anything about pro-life people. It just tells us something about uh, Cami Harris. That's all that says. Next, I've got to move through these fast because I want to get to my topic of the day. What is my what is my next story here? This one, I, it just blows me away. I may, and you may have seen it. This demon crat from Tucson, Arizona, part of the state assembly, the state house. I've seen her on video. She the, Arizona still has enough righteousness that they have Bibles available in the lounge used by the state representatives. How about that? You wouldn't see that in California or Illinois or Massachusetts or New York or Washington or Oregon or any of those states. No, you wouldn't see it there. But in Arizona, there's still Bibles out in the lounge. This woman is caught taking them and hiding them. She didn't try to walk out, but they've had a an amazing disappearance of Bibles. And of course, when she gets confronted, she tries to claim that it was just a little fun little stunt she was doing. Well, fun little stunt for the last couple of months. And she can't answer the, the reporter who's following her around. What were you doing with the Bibles? Why were you taking the Bible? She can't answer it. She got caught. The, and guess what? She is an ordained minister. And what? In what church must be the, the the church of I hate God, or as we talked about last week, abort God, Inc. LLC, whatever. The, I you know what I don't even want to give that woman any more time. She doesn't deserve any more time. She doesn't deserve any time. She has an office. Nikki Haley, uh, you know the more I hear her, the more I see her. The more I read about her, the more I dislike this woman. She's now trying to woo Disney to South Carolina. She steals a line from uh, Trump saying, we're not sanctimonious in South Carolina. We not may not be woke, but we're not sanctimonious. Come on, Disney. Come on here. Bring your 70,000-plus jobs to South Carolina, and we'll make you happy. Well, how do you make happy... Disney, by compromising with the enemy, by fraternizing with the devil himself. Nikki Haley, God, could you just get a hook and yank her off the stage unless her purpose being there is to make some others look really, really good? Because not only is she disqualifying herself from office, or a run for the vice president. She's got no chance of president. She's a loser. But she's also now disqualifying herself for any cabinet position. And then we move on from, goodness sakes, I'm not really trying to pick on women, but all the losers I've got today here, the woman in Arizona, Nikki Haley, and now to, back to Cami Harris. She says that Trump is the one who broke the border, and it's Joe Biden who's, Attempting to fix it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, he'll fix it, all right. Just like he announced in his re-election candidacy speech. 
I've got a there's a job to do. I've got to finish the job I started, which translated means I'm not done wrecking the country yet. I actually need what he really should have said. I need to finish the job Barack Hussein Obama started. He's a Mister Fundamental Transformation. Why does there need to be a fundamental transformation of the greatest country that's ever been on the earth, unless you want to wreck it, unless you just sort of in league with all the other ne'er-do-wells on the left? Well, they've actually done pretty well, but they're not well with God. I mean, what, what does Barack Obama have in common with Jeff Zuckerberg, Klaus Schwab, George Soros, they're kind of a little frat party, but they're also in competition. They're all running to be the Antichrist. That's about all I can figure out. Okay, to the topic of the day, the new religion. TikTok, which I don't want, has announced, and I don't watch it, I don't want it around, ban it. They have announced that they are going to censor all content that challenges Global warming, the global warming dogma, the global warming indoctrination. They're going to censor it all because the whole global warming thing is sort of the new religion that pervades the entire earth. Now, when I get done with this piece, I'm going to read something to you. It comes out of the United States that you're not going to believe if you don't think that this isn't the new religion. People say separate church and state. Well, then separate the whole climate change crapola, which has a religious fervor and an obedience to that dogma that rivals Hindus' obedience to Buddha. Or Hindus to, no, I'm sorry, Buddhists. Uh, affinity and allegiance to Buddha and whoever the Hindus worship or the Mormons and Joe Smith. It rivals that. I mean, it's interesting that, um, you know, global warming is, honestly, it's simply a tool of the left to uh, use as the next step for control of nations, especially with a traitorous Joe Biden ceding authority to the WHO, which he's done, giving up national sovereignty, which is a whole other program. You know, I remember, I'm old enough to remember the 1970s where the talk was the coming ice age. Well, what changed? What changed is who's in charge. You see, ice age mantra would never allow global control. The global warming mantra does. You remember when Barack Hussein kept talking in his State of the Union speeches about global warming? It's settled science. So the debate is over. Well, if the debate is over, why did they change it to from global warming to climate change? Because in the latter years, he would say the debate is over. The science is settled. Climate change is a fact. I know. I know. Climate change is a fact. Well, it's not a fact if you've got to keep changing your mind on what to call it. And what is the difference between global warming and climate change? 
I have poured over the Internet pages and pages they use to try to describe it. I know I mentioned this last or a couple weeks ago. But global warming is supposedly the alleged warming of the planet. Climate change, and this is what I did not explain before, climate change is a term used to describe what would happen with global warming. But you see, climate change doesn't have to state that global warming is a fact because it can't, because global warming is not a fact, not of any meaningful consequence. But if you change the definition to climate change, you're basically saying this. This is what will happen if global warming were a fact. If it was a fact, this is what's going to happen. But they don't tell you it's a fact because the numbers argue against it, which I'm not going to get into today in the interest of time. I, I don't have the time to do that. So the difference is between actual warming and supposed warming. You see, talk about climate change. You don't have to talk directly about warming. You don't have to be forced to lie to talk about climate change. What is climate change? I will tell you what it is. It's easy. It's whatever is happening now. Whatever is happening anywhere is climate change, to which everybody needs to give obeisance, bow down to the climate change altar, because it is the tool which I predicted two and a half years ago, the beginning of the COVID thing. Watch this. The next pandemic will be based on and control will be expanded over the nations by virtue of climate change dogma. That will be the next scare tactic which will force countries to give up control. And why? Because now that Joe No Brains Corn Pop Biden is ceding control to the WHO to declare what constitutes a pandemic, what constitutes a health crisis, these are the next two health crises. Number one, climate change. It's a health crisis. Okay, here's what you got to do with climate change. Here, these are the orders. Next one will be gun violence. And after that, uh, the confiscation of guns, and it's all over. Or maybe all over already. So the climate energy crisis, why is there a climate energy crisis? Well, because we've shut down. We've shut down our means of production. That's why there actually is a global, a, a global energy crisis is because we've cut off our feet. To, what is it? To cut off your nose to spite your face? That's what we've done. There's no shortage of fossil fuels. we got enough for the next 250 years. Way more people die from cold than die from heat. We should be welcoming, if it were fact, the warming of the climate. Food prices sky high. Fertilizer sky high. Fuel sky high. All in an attempt to restrict access to the resource and energy resources that we have available to us. So those people who say uh, Bill Gates and World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, do they really want mass, de mass deaths in this world? 
Well, maybe they do, because that's what we seem to be having more of, and more government control means what? Just means more riots, civil unrest. So where are we? Well, the fact of the matter is every step towards reducing the use of fossil fuels hurts poor countries the most. Without a doubt. You see, all the schmoes can jet around in their private jets all over the country, and uh, they've got their humongous carbon footprint, which they don't give a rat's rear end about, and they push it on to the common folk to bear the brunt of their totalitarian elitist ideas using climate change as a means by which to gain control. But the middle class suffers, but the ones who really, truly suffer are the poor countries who need the fossil fuels just to do some basic things, to operate wells, to heat their tiny little homes, which has no other means uh, by which. And what produces electrical energy? Fossil fuels. The weenies on the left won't go for nuclear there are ways to produce it other than by coal and oil and gas. But solar can't do it. Wind and the sun, wind is actually technically solar. Without the sun, you don't have winds. But they separate the two, so I will. That can't do it because the sun doesn't always shine and the wind doesn't always blow. And if we have a climate crisis of too much hot air, Maybe you just need to get rid of Democrats. They are the biggest producers of hot air that comes out of their mouths. I don't mean kill them. Don't run away with this thing. They're the ones that produce the abundance of hot air, and it all comes out their mouth. Well, maybe a few other orifices of their body to boot. So if it hurts poor people the most, poor countries the most, I have this question of Joey Cornpop. Joey, why do you hate poor people so much? Well, the fact of the matter is people are demanding that the debate ends, that it's over. They say the facts are compelling, and it's now it's time to verify this against the word of God. How about that? Right? I mean, goodness, if we have a crisis, it's man-made, and it's man-made by the left, which in the schools, these loser government schools, 72% of teenagers and younger now contend that they are petrified by the prospects of climate change. And who has scared the daylights out of them? Who's put the heebie-jeebies in their waking moments and their sleeping moments. Loser teachers that subscribe to a leftist all-in-control mentality to wrest control away from thinking people, people with brains, people with morals, and people with guts. So, the government spends billions to what? Verify that climate change is a fact, or formerly known as global warming. Guess what they would find if the government spent billions to verify 
that global warming is not happening. You know what we'd have? Because all the scums, the ones that just suck up to a government trough in the universities would be out there getting all this government grant money. And you know what? They would prove studies that we aren't warming. No, we aren't warming. I mean, it was what? Al Gore is in the mid-2000s saying we got 10 years left. AO, if AOC was right, we would have been done in 2014. The oceans would have already buried Miami, bunch of Florida, Manhattan. Well, loss of Manhattan wouldn't be any real loss. I mean, the American Association for the Advancement of Science, talk about a misnomer, what an oxymoron, says that CO2 in the atmosphere is higher than it's been in the last 650,000 years. Seriously, you guys? The consensus, the consensus among the scientific community, which is, remember, this is settled science. It's fact. Don't question the facts. Mr. Fauci, I am science. No, I am dunce would be better, more suited. But the consensus in the scientific community in 2006, and close to a consensus for years before that, was that there was only 10 years left. So actually, that was the end of 2005. So let's fast forward from 2005 to 2015. Not jack squat crap diddly has happened. Nothing. We have oceans that have risen a little bit, and then they go down. And we're eight years past the end of the world. Talk about a global tax scheme. The Congressional Black Caucus for a number of years concluded that global warming was largely caused by whites. The thought was people give grants to prove something, not to disprove something, which is why all the grants are to prove that global warming exists, and you get what you pay for. But remember, political consensus does not equal scientific fact. The global tax scheme. Here's the deal. You can't have global government without a global crisis. You can't have a one-world government without a worldwide catastrophe, or in this case, the mere prospect of a catastrophe, because that's all they got to work with, the prospect of it. We got 10 more years, and 10 years later, we got 10 more years. We got, you know, remind me one time, I, this is such a digression, long time ago, before I got married, taking my father, future mother-in-law, out to dinner a couple days before the proposed wedding. My dad would sit in the back seat. He'd say, are we there yet? I said, Dad, 10 more minutes. 10 minutes would go by. Are we there yet? I said, no, 10 more minutes. The roles are reversed. You know, I used to say that kind of stuff when I was five, six, seven, eight. Now he's whatever age, and I'm driving. Are we there yet? No, we got 10 more minutes. Well, that's the same thing as where we are with this global crisis of climate change. Alarmist <sighs> provocateurs, if you will. 
Were we there yet? No, we got 10 more years. Well, were we there yet? No, we got 10 more years. But trust me, it's a, it's a fact. It's settled science. 10 more years. Well, 10 more years? Well, they're not there. They all sort of sound like the Pope. I'm infallible, but I, have the, I reserve the right to change my mind. But this is how you get power over other people's lives. This is what you do to get control over resources and to redistribute the wealth. I want to go to a scripture that gives me solace, comfort, calmness in this storm before we actually get to the scripture passages I want to mention. But it's Psalms 2, verse 4 and 5. It says, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Also the wisdom of man is mere foolishness to God. These nations that think they got one up on God, they ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, I want to see justice, and then I have to back off from that because probably before I got saved, somebody wanted to see justice done to me, and I got mercy. So I know all about that. But when you read this nonsense, and these are the people in charge, like NASA, what was a few years back, reported that there's global warming on Mars. I'm not kidding. Well, the solution is easy. No more gas stoves on Mars. No more fossil fuel-driven cars. Everybody on Mars has got to have an electric vehicle. That'll solve the problem. Well, if there's global warming on the globe of Mars, as these NASA scientists contended, what's causing it? And whatever's causing it there is likely what's causing it here, which has nothing to do with the hoax that's been put upon us by the alleged scientists. So, scripture number one, get ready to write these down because we're going to get to something you won't believe why climate change or how climate change is in fact, the, or the prospect of it is becoming the new religion. That's the universal one hoped for by many in the United States. Now, the Word of God states that we're stewards. Yeah, we can pollute the world like we pollute our bodies, right? You may pollute it with alcohol or certainly too much alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, what have you. There's all different kinds of ways to pollute our bodies and our minds. That's right. You can pollute your minds by going to a government elementary school these days or high school or some so-called institution of higher learning, which is a higher institution of higher indoctrination. There's all kinds of ways we can pollute ourselves mentally, socially, spiritually, and certainly physically. But God understands the nature of fallen man, and he's made great promises for all men, all mankind. He says that he's caused the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. God is merciful, not waxing people if they haven't gotten it together by the time they're 22 or 23 years old. In my case, that was my age. He does understand that. And he's made certain promises that are for all eternity. Number one, Genesis 8.22. He said there will always be a seed time. 
There will always be harvest. There will always be cold. There will always be heat. So there's always going to be a summer and a winter, springtime and fall, shall not cease. God's made a promise. This isn't going to stop. People in the Sahara, some of them are welcoming the change which they falsely thank global warming for, suppose global warming, because they're getting rain in places that have never gotten rain. And, of course, the climate alarmists say this is the reason we have famine, pestilence, blah, 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 blah. I don't have time to go into the details of it, but throughout Scripture, the great overwhelming incidence of pestilence, of famine, of earthquakes, let's throw in earthquakes while we're at it, has been a result of God's judgment, not climate change. I mean, there was the warm-up that allowed Northern Europe to be settled. What allowed Abraham? I mean, where did it come from? Is it Abel or Abe's camels flunked a smog test for methane emissions? Climate change and warming has actually made more land arable, tillable, farther north, if in fact it were true. Gosh, we do the first break. You got the first one, Genesis eight twenty two. Don't come back. Don't come back. Don't fail to come back for the rest of this. We'll be right back, Robin Walter. The Robin Walter Show is a listener supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. We are back. This is the Robin Walters Show. you got that pen and pencil ready in the paper for these other verses. We're going to go to Job 38, 8 through 11. Job 38, 8 through 11. You know what? I'm running short on time. I'm going to skip 8 and 9 here. I'm going to get down to 10. Well, the Lord is talking here. He says, who shut up the sea with its doors? Oh, shut up the sea, okay, with its doors. When it breaks forth, as if it had issued out of the womb, when I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and thick darkness, a swaddling band for it, and broke it up for my decreed place, and I have set bars and doors. He's talking about the bars and doors of the oceans. And said, Hitherto 
shall they come, meaning the waters, but no further. And here shall thy proud waves be stopped. God makes it very clear. The ocean is where it is, and what happens with the ocean is up to me. I set the decree. I decree this is where the waters are going to go and be, and they're going to stay, unless and until I change something. All right? So, with that in mind, go to the next passage. Psalm 104.9 You, Lord, have set a boundary that the waters may not pass over. Proverbs 8.29 The Lord assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command. And then there's Jeremiah 5.22 Jeremiah 5.22, which says, uh, let me get it here. I actually didn't print it out like I should have. But for uh, do you not fear me, says the Lord? Will you not tremble at my presence? I who have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass it, And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail. Though they roar, yet they cannot pass over it. You see, it doesn't really matter how many tsunamis or waves or what. There is, it's going to ebb and it's going to rise. It's going to flow. There are going to be waves, but but God has made it very clear that he has set the limits where the water will go. And if he set the limits, nothing man can do that can change it. So the boundaries are set by God. You don't have to worry one stinking bit about climate change, alleged climate change, or alleged global warming, notwithstanding the fact that some countries like South Africa have had some of the coldest winters ever. The good news is you just don't have to worry. Yes, we're stewards. We can screw it up and we can cause problems. But that's when we go back to God's mercy. These rules still apply. Now, it's bad news if you don't know Jesus as your Lord, I suppose, and the Savior, because there is a there is a global warming that does occur, and it happens really, really fast in 2 Peter 3, 10 where the earth melts with a fervent heat. Yikes! Okay. Now, that's the end of the scriptures here. Let's move to the, uh, the, the religious component of climate change mantra or dogma. And here we are. A whole bunch of professors, more all the time, are contending that Earth Day should not only be a national holiday, but that it should be celebrated as a national religious holiday. It's not interesting. Christmas has turned fully to Santa Claus. Easter has turned to Bugs Bunny, more or less, the Easter rabbit. 
But they want to take the earth and worship it and turn it into a religious holiday. They claim that the earth needs thinkers, not doers, and that this is a necessity and this is growing. And guess what? With 72% of the kids in school fearing for their life for climate change problems and the the existential threat, well, it's not so existential if it's got to be renewed every 10 years with a new batch of fear. But what are they going to, would they fall in line with a national religious holiday? They want to say that they said the case for making Earth Day a religious holiday, it's been published in several places. And they said that what is, uh, what is a real Earth Day? And what should it represent? Shouldn't it be a form for a central time for a new approach? You ready? To worship. To actually worship the earth. And this is growing. The plea for reverence is based on the assumption that nobody really cares anymore because Earth Day is in their mind and it has already been a success. So the focus here is we Earth Earth Day is getting boring. It needs to be raised to the level of a religious holiday. They said the time has come to elevate it further into the public consciousness. Continuing to read from all these professors, which are based out of New York. Gee, what a surprise there. He said, the core of all religious feeling is the sense that we are part of something much bigger and larger in space and deeper in time than ourselves. The world is certainly that. At any rate, we do know that spiritual inquiry just like scientific inquiry, is not static. Likewise, which a new continent of scientific knowledge has been revealed to us since America's first and second religious, ready, great awakenings. All right, I'm going to interrupt the quote here to say that these people are aware and knowledgeable about the First and Second Great Awakening. And they're now pushing for this to be a national religious holiday and would call it the Third Great Awakening. Continuing on in the quote, it seems perfectly reasonable and spiritual to us that a new great awakening should occur with this new knowledge on this continent and that it be incorporated into a progressive wisdom of life, death, and the universe. And we further argue that the planet needs, you ready? The planet needs, quote, our praise and our reverence because we must make nature central to our belief system. Are you catching all these buzzwords? With every Earth Day or any number of Earth-focused days serving as regular reminders of what we owe our home planet. 
for we must worship and praise the earth. Okay, so there you have it. It is the emerging religion. But what, what does God say about the worship of natural things? Well, Ezekiel 8.15 says, Then he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the entrance to the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about 25 men with their backs to the temple. Now catch that. They've turned their back to the Lord. And this is in the Old Testament church, so to speak. They turned their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, and they were prostrating themselves eastward toward the sun. Okay, it's sun worship, not earth worship, but we're in the same vein of things. Deuteronomy 4.19, And beware not to lift up your eyes to heaven and see the sun and the moon and the stars and all the hosts of heaven and be drawn away and worship them and serve them, those which the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. So God gave us those things. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's what its word says. He's given us the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth. They're all for us to inhabit, occupy, be good stewards. I understand that. Fully support that. But you don't worship them. That is idolatry. There are a number of other passages, but I'm going to finish this part of it from 2 Kings 23. And this is under the reign of Josiah, the greatest king Israel ever had. It was not David. It was Josiah because the word says that. It said he did away, this is Josiah, with the idolatrous priests who the kings of Judah had appointed to burn incense in the high places in the cities of Judah and in the surrounding area of Jerusalem. Also those who burned incense to Baal and to the sun and to the moon and to the constellations and to all the hosts of heaven. Joshua, I'm sorry, Josiah was about rooting out that stuff. Rooting it out. It was idolatrous. And as bad as abortion is, and it's horrible, as bad as queer sex is in sodomy, God calls it an abomination. And God calls cross-dressing an abomination. And transgenderism is an abomination. I have said on this program, when does the day come when we actually move past all those egregious sins incorporate them into our national identity and begin to move towards true idol worship. And here you go. And whenever a nation reaches idol worship, especially a nation that knows the Lord or knew the Lord at one point, it's over. At that point, there isn't any changing until judgment is meted out. And doesn't mean God won't judge us before that, because Sodom and Gomorrah got judged with fire and brimstone, and well, they should. But it wasn't because of idolatry. It is because of egregious, horrific sexual sin. Some want to say, well, it was pride. Well, you're right. What are pride events? Same thing. 
So there you go. I'm going to finish with another piece here, and I've got to be quick about it, a little shift here. But uh, this deals with the shakedown of corporate America. Complete shift. The billions and billions that the corporations have given, astronomical dollars to the horrific, ungodly, fake, divisive, piece-of-crap institution called Black Lives Matter. I got a lot of black friends. I love them to pieces, and they love me because we are brothers and sisters in the Lord. And they'll be the first ones to tell you that BLM is nothing but a highly sophisticated Jesse Jackson L. Sharpton shakedown operation at a national level. You want to know how much BLM picked up? 80 from corporations, 82.9 million? No, 82.9 billion dollars. Billion with a B. The 82, and, and you know, this is interesting, 74 million of it came from Silicon Valley Bank. So in other words, the federal government, meaning us, we, the taxpayers, bailed out a bank that kissed away $73 million to a bogus hoax organization, BLM, which is at least partly responsible for 633 riots in the last two and a half years, along with Antifa. But the left only focuses on one, January 6, 633 to one. The amount that was given to BLM and BLM sub-organizations or related organizations is greater than the gross domestic product of 46 African countries. Walmart in Arkansas. Walmart has gone so woke. I don't buy anything from them if I can avoid it. I still get things from them when I have to when I have to, but I don't buy from them willingly, and they aren't my first choice. They gave $100 million to BLM and related causes focusing on racial equity. I'm so sick of that term. It's just a, it's just a super, um, what, a super steroidal version of affirmative action, meaning it's not about equal opportunity anymore. It's about equal right, equal. Results equal finish, equal conclusions. And you got organizations all over the place that have given a ton, but I want to go and speak to the organizations that have given the most, and you can you can determine whether these are companies you want to do business with anymore. Ready? I'll do it alphabetically. 3M. That's, you know, they make the post-its and all that stuff. $50 million. Aflac, shoot that duck, $25 million. Allstate Insurance, $7.7 million. AutoZone, $5 million. AutoZone, $5 million. Boeing, $15.6 million. Campbell Soup, $1.5 million. Chipotle, $1 million. Coca-Cola, four million. DoorDash, one million. Enterprise Rent-A-Car, eighty-five million. Footlocker, two hundred million. General Mills, 
$40.75 million. General Motors, $10 million. Haynes, $2 million. Home Depot, $12 million. Lowe's, $40 million. Nordstrom, $5 million. Pepsi, $400 million. Publix, $1 million. Quaker Oats, $5 million. State Farm, $100 million. And by the way, I, I'm going to interrupt this. I fired State Farm today. I told you before, they are so woke, they're so stuck on abortion, queer crap, queer everything, tranny this, drag shows. They are such a morally incompetent company. Let them know why I'm leaving. Adios, you guys. No, adios. That, doesn't, that means go with God. I wouldn't wish them that. I wish them their demise. They only quit doing the drag shows because they caught, got caught, not because they were repentant. There's a difference. It's the Jimmy Swagger difference. One, am I sorry for what I did? Or number two, am I sorry because I got caught? They're sorry for doing number two. Well, they did do a number two, if you know what I mean, big time. And I am going to, I cleanse the slate. Very history. Target, $110 million. T-Mobile, $25 million. I told about, about Walmart at $100 million. Here it gets worse. You think, you want to know why sports tickets cost so much? Here's an answer. Because Major League Baseball gave $150 million. The NBA gave $300 million. The NFL gave $250 million. The PGA Tour gave $100 million. Abbott Labs, $25 million. CVS Pharmacy, $600 million. Johnson Johnson, $110 million. Merck, $30 million. Pfizer, $7 million. The list goes on and on. And that is actually small compared to what you're going to hear right now. That's bad enough because for all those places, you're spending more so that they could give some of your customer dollars to crap organizations. And then and BLM isn't the only one. Planned Parenthood, Planned Non-Parenthood is in there. A whole bunch of queer and tranny organizations. That's why I divest myself of every organization here that I'm reading. But let's move to the financial service. These are your banks, okay? And the reason I saved them to last, because the amounts are horrific, and it's the banks that are in trouble. The banks are giving away depositors' money, your money, and my money, and expect to be bailed out by a rich uncle known as Uncle Sam when they go south? Capital One, $10 million. You ready here? Citigroup, $1.1 billion. U.S. Bank or U.S. Bank, six hundred and nine. Wells Fargo, that company whose stagecoach is uh, wondering where it's going, it's heading to Brokeback Mountain, two hundred and ten million. Goldman Sachs, ten point one billion dollars. J.P. Morgan Chase, thirty billion dollars. Morgan Stanley, $30 billion. Roll price, $7.5 billion. 
almost $83 billion have, been, have gone to BLM, the quintessential, most notable and successful shakedown operation. And what do they do with the money? Well, we got 633 riots they participated in. Riots that burned buildings, arson, vandalism, people that were hurt and killed. So subsidizing, subsidizing our destruction with what was once our money that we've deposited in the banks or we've spent on products from these horrific organizations and companies. Take note from what I read. You, you do what you want to do. But I am working towards what Gab has called the creation of the alternative economy, the one that buys from good people, sells to good people, finds out how to be more independent and resilient. Do you know what you can grow and can on one acre of land unless, instead of being stuck and dependent on the government and a city? Well, no, I'm not... I'm not beating up on people in the cities. There were great cities. Nineveh was a great city. And God called Jonah there to save those people and lead them to the Lord. There's many to be led to the Lord. But hopefully you're there because there's a purpose and not just because you're three blocks from a Starbucks that you can walk to. Because you've become dependent on the man, on the city, i.e. the government. What the government gives, the government can take away. It has no rights of its own except what you surrender. And when the government gets bigger, you get smaller. And when the government gets smaller, you get bigger. When the government is in control and the government no longer fears people, you have tyranny. When the people fear the government, there's tyranny. When the government fears the people, you have freedom. You have liberty. Where does this line up with the Word of God? Understand that He's your provider. David said, you know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. But that does not mean you can just go through life willy-nilly and not give a rat's rear end about undertaking precautions and being the prudent person, as it says in Scripture. The prudent man sees the danger ahead and prepares, hides himself, takes measures. Faith without works is dead, deader than a doornail. So if you just think you can go uh, into life as a la-la glory land and never pay any attention to provision for yourself, here's where you will land. Here's where you will land scripturally. There are ten virgins, right? Five who did the preparation. Five who did the work. Five who trimmed their lamps and produced oil to have when the day was necessary to light the lamp. And, of course, there were the five that just fiddled away and kissed their life away, fiddled around and figuring things will always be the same. Somebody was always going to provide. They had no oil. Their lamps weren't trimmed. And they came to the five that were well stocked. And did the five say, oh, sure, I'll share some with you? No, they say, oh, no, beat it. Go into town and buy some. You didn't prepare. Why do I need to bail you out? There are others that actually do need my help. And I'm adding this. There are those who can't provide. And we're gonna, we're, I'm going to help those people. 
I, my, my giving to missions just continues to increase. But to those who can do and don't, who think that faith without works is all that's necessary, they're in for a rude awakening. It's Robin Walter encouraging you to sit tall in the saddle, America. Remember, you ride for the brand, brand of Jesus Christ. <laughs>